Hello and welcome to The Modern Homeschooler. I'm Molly and I am still in Chicago with my friend <laughs> Hannah. And um, if you missed the last podcast, um, just to recap, Hannah was a college recruiter for a college here in, in Chicago and now she teaches at this. So she is the perfect person to talk to for college admittance for homeschoolers. And on top of it, Hannah was homeschooled for a few years in her elementary years. So um, she has run the gamut of everything. So Today, last podcast, we talked about what uh, does homes does curriculum matter? And now that we've moved on from curriculum, what are the big do's and don'ts of college application outside of just okay, you did your curriculum, you've got your four point seven eight two GPA <laughs> <laughs> because we're all overachievers. No, just kidding. Um, you know, actually do submit transcripts that are that high. Just so you oh, know. and do you just like roll your eyes at it? Some schools. Take they're called weighted or unweighted GPAs, okay. and so some schools care about this stuff, but mine doesn't. Okay, so mine just takes everyone down to a four point Okay, now if you okay, so if you have a four point seven at yours, they'll just like put it down to four. Yeah, they basically just, like, just look at it whatever. the same way. Oh, yeah. okay. Now, if you saw, a, let's just get right into it. That if you saw a homeschooler with a four point seven GPA, would you just be like, what? The only way a homeschooler could have that high of a GPA is if they took adv- advanced placement. Okay. Yeah. So it is a legit thing if they've yeah. done their... Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I know nothing about transcripts. That's why I'm talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> you still have time. So I, hopefully this will help because I, I, a totally unknowledgeable person here is asking these questions. So <laughs> hopefully it'll help our listeners <laughs> with all of the um, assumed things that other people know that I don't. So so tell me. what. Tell me um, the funniest thing that you have received as far as application is concerned for homeschoolers that you were like, why? Oh, the funniest thing that we've seen is when mothers apply for their children. Like legit, like... Like legitimately, mothers are filling out the application. How, Very how rarely can you is tell? it a father. It's usually a mother. Usually, I think how can, I you, how can you tell that it's the mom? Um, It's usually like a silly slip up. Oh. Or just the verbiage that... Oh. Um, oftentimes if we have kind of like a hunch... And mm-hmm. things just don't seem to be adding up. We'll uh-huh. call to, uh-huh. and ask to speak with a student, and usually there's resistance. The mother doesn't want us to speak with <laughs> her student. Do you um, think it's because the mom has applied to the school without even telling the yeah, child? We usually have mothers just admit that. Oh, like in, my in gosh. those types of situations, yeah. It's you, pretty obvious. I mean, like, we're like not. Do you think it's because the mom, like, is it because, like, there was, like, some random conflict between the mom and child? Like, the mom's like, you're going to college, and the child's like, no, and so she applies? Or is it just like, oh, it was college application time, so I just filled them out, and I didn't bother to let my son know? Or, you know. I mean, I think that, like, in one of the things I've experienced, both in admissions and then also as a professor, um, is that parents are too involved mm. in their children's lives. <laughs> <laughs> The, hel- the whole, like, helico- helicopter parent concept. Okay. And it, it's actually not a service to your kid. Okay. I mean, you, a mom thinks, oh, my, my son has a hard time writing essays, and, you know, he struggles to, like, clearly express what, what I know is deep in his heart, so mm. I'll just take care of it for him. Mm. And she's doing it as a service to him, but the problem is, is it's a complete disservice. One, mm. oftentimes that student has a especially if it's caught, I don't yeah. encourage it, but <laughs> if it is caught... Then, then the student is looked at more skeptically, which right. is, is just a bummer for your kid. Um, but then, too, like yeah. down the road when they're a student, if they couldn't write their essay to get into the school, how are they going to write their essays to get out of the school, yeah. you know, and get that degree? Yeah. yeah. So it's not really a service. Okay. So moms, don't fill out your kids' college applications for them. Yeah. And, and, <sighs> and let your student drive the process, too. I mean, obviously, we all know, like, our, our kids need 
boundaries and encouragement. We need to help them set goals and like kind of push them along, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're still learning how to do it all. But um, a big part I've seen, one of the, one of some of the best, the best homeschooled students I've had, which I mentioned Mm -hmm. them in the last Mm -hmm. podcast, just that there's some great, great students I've had, have been the students that were able to take initiative on their own. They Mm -hmm. were able to do their homework well, and they were the ones that took initiative in which school they wanted to attend. They, They walked through the application process. And I think that, you know, when your kid is still living in your home, obviously you have you have the privilege of being able to speak into their lives and speak into their decisions, especially if you're paying for part of their education. Mm-hmm. But they do need to take ownership of it too. Yeah. Well, um, so besides, okay, so there's that. Um, also, can you share the funny story Hannah was telling me last night of the, um, usually on college applications, they have referrals. References. Re- references, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, references. Yeah. Can you explain one of the references? Those are <laughs> the students. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I work at a Christian university. Um, am I, is it, we're, we're talking about this? Like, yeah. Okay. We were, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't know if this was like overtly faith-based, this podcast. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Yeah. Um, so I work at a Christian university and um, we, as part of our application process, we have three, what you would call pretty, pretty much anywhere else, like character references. Mm-hmm. So in order for a student to apply, the three people have to kind of vouch for that student by filling out this form. It's a two-page form, and then there's also a space to kind of, like, write it, submit an additional letter if you want. So um, we require that it's from a pastor and then from two friends, a male friend and a female friend. So we were reviewing this kid's application, and he was interested in communication studies, and he had all of his traditional, like, basic requirements in. But he submitted a fourth reference form. <laughs> so, like, if you wanted to come to, like, a really well-known Christian school yeah, and where, you know, you're going to be studying the Bible. Like, who would you want to fill out your form to, like, get you in? <laughs> right? Well, I, I originally said uh, maybe the grandson of the owner of the school. Right, like, like the president's son. The president's son, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, this guy um, had a reference letter from Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. But it's so homeschooler. Like, yeah. Like, it's so Christian. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish I wish that this was not just a podcast and you could actually see the picture. I mean, I don't have it on me, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> He submitted this reference form on Jesus Stationery. I was telling my I was telling my husband about it. He's like, "What's Jesus Stationery?" I was like, "You know, like it's like a picture of Jesus as the shepherd and like all these sheep." It was so like, good. I thought about it in such detail. Oh, the letter was like I felt like I was reading a letter from Jesus. Like it said, like, "Dear beloved admissions counselor, whom I dearly love, oh, you know, man. please accept." Oh my word! This poor soul. <laughs> Oh, yeah. so how did you handle that? What did you do? Well, you know, it's funny because, um, so when when an admissions office makes a decision on a student, it's generally not done within, like, like in isolation. It's not just one person deciding. So usually the dean of admissions is the ultimate person who signs off on the who's getting and who's not. But there are many other voices that speak into that. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of my roles was to be one of those voices, like reviewing those essays and the application. And there were, and at my particular school, at least three up to like five or six people will review one application and speak into whether or not she be admitted. So um, there are a couple of us that were like, this kid, like he is a heretic. And he like doesn't know what to do. And our dean fortunately was much more gracious. And he uh-huh. was like, let's, well, let's call him. You know, yeah. he's young. He's 17 and applying uh-huh. to the school. And, you know, we want him to come so that he'll learn that, he, Jesus wouldn't write a <laughs> reference letter like this. Um, so he called him. The kid actually did get in. Okay. Um, and he was very, like, 
he he showed a lot of humility and like realized that you know he'd probably been aired too much on the side of creativity and Mm -hmm. so and he was a homeschooler this kid yes he was okay so part of me thinks like I could see myself that if my son who loves creative writing wanted to do it how I'd be like yeah that sounds great versus the the grooming of learning professionalism and yes. I, oh, I have another story about that. Uh, so I feel like I feel like I feel like that it's like at the heart of it. At some point, um, homeschooling, especially with this wild and free movement and all these other movements and stuff, I feel like at the end of the day, like there's we're losing professionalism. We're losing. I don't. What's the word? Not pomp and circumstance, but we're we're losing that that modicum of that, just that little bit of just like okay, no, we tact. You know, like we're in this place, and so. This mom goes, wow, you're probably, you're just going to show them what an amazing writer you are, like, even though you should have done that in your essay. And instead of, like, hold on a minute, like, time and place and, like. (laughs) Right. And so I feel like somehow that needs to be taught in those upper years of professionalism and and how you handle every situation when you're in public. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and there, there are resources available to parents who may, like, be like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know how to read an essay, right. like, and evaluate whether or not it would be admittable and things like that. And so sure. you can actually hire professional services that will coach mm-hmm. students. And I recommend that for students who are very invested in, like, particular schools. I think that, that it's it can be worth the investment, especially when you're thinking about Ivy League schools and things like that. Okay. Um, but also, too, just, like, calling up the school. I mean, we have a uh-huh. strict policy at our school uh-huh. that we only review the required three references. Oh, okay. So we always, always get additional reference forms submitted. Interesting. But we don't look at them. It's because so, it's a waste of our time. We, we're asking for exactly what we need. So if you have five references, how do you choose which were the first three? Like, just like literally the top three that were on the stack? Like, or like, um, I mean, it, you have the pastor, so, the... Yeah, we have a form. So right. if we, you have to fill out, and when you apply through the website, you get an option to fill out three oh, forms. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, so, so anything additional will be something that you submitted on the side. And it's usually okay. like a, a free-flowing letter. Right, So okay. we'll throw it into the file, but very rarely. Unless we're like, wow, this, we're very on the fence with a student, then uh-huh. sometimes we'll look into additional things that have been submitted or ask for additional things. But that's right. only if we're on the fence about a student. But even then, if you're on the fence, you said you might even ask for them. So, like, exactly. you don't necessarily want to submit a fourth just in case. We're really... No, we will if, always... Any school that's on the fence will always ask. We'll call or ask. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you don't have to worry about okay. it. Okay. Can you tell me the other non-professional <laughs> story? So I will say this. So a big part of admissions is not just submitting your application. Right. I mean, you, the student is presenting themselves to the school. And while the school is trying to sell the student on the benefits of coming to the school... Mm-hmm. Um, the student also needs to sell themselves to the school, for yeah. the benefit of having yeah. the student at the school. And so a lot of this happens. A lot of schools um, do interviews, um, which are face-to-face or over, you know, some sort of, like, video chat. Um, and a lot of schools, we have made decisions on whether or not we'll admit a student, um, very heavily influenced by their campus visit that mm. they scheduled before they even applied. Oh. <laughs> this just goes back to like the whole professionalism and this is valuable even if you're not applying to higher ed but if you're going like you know if you're just gonna be applying to jobs in the future which let's face it we all will be well that's the whole point of all this right (laughs) right um i had a student come and visit and she was a homeschooler and um she came she came with her aunt and and a couple cousins um and it was very obvious from the beginning. Her mother had scheduled the visit for her. She was going to be in town visiting her aunt. And so 
her mother was kind of pushing the student to come. But when the student came, she was very socially inappropriate many times throughout the visit. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so, um, when you normally meet someone in a professional setting, especially yeah. someone who is going to kind of d- d- be a person to probably determine your future, yeah. you want to um, just be respectful. And mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that she did that weren't respectful. She, oh. she came into the office... And she um, addressed me, addressed our dream, our dean in very casual terms, oh, which okay. at first it's like, okay, I'm like not stuffy person. You can call me yeah. by my first name, but like that immediately, that's not a very professional way to address someone until they've given you that permission to do yeah. that. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. but it went <laughs> downhill oh, very, very quickly. So this student had had a connection with. <laughs> story. She had a connection with someone at at my school. And so she was given the opportunity at the end of her visit to also meet the president. So this was a big visit. Okay. It was a kind of yeah. like a VIP visit, yeah. if you okay. will. Okay. So I met with her. I gave her all the general information. And throughout the informational session, she interrupted me many times. She um, derobed down to what I would classify as like inappropriate attire. You should dress. One thing I would say is when you're going to visit a school, you should dress at least mm-hmm. semi-professionally, business mm-hmm. casual, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you again. You're trying to impress the school a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so she she um, got undressed to a certain extent. <laughs> she just like started to dress, take off my coat, was very, it was take off my sweater. This is a very ex- extreme situation. But she okay. and she made she would make like she would interrupt me to to okay. derobe. So she would like stand and be like. Oh, I'm so hot, and like take off her sweater, and then she'd be like, "Oh, I'm so hot," and take off her shirt until she was left in a very like um, crazy, yeah, so weird. Okay, yeah. so then we went on a tour of campus, and she just was constantly interrupting. She would, as the as my tour guide was giving her information, she would just say, "Yeah, I'm not really interested," and walk away, and like oh, just my word, very, mm. it was just very disrespectful. Mm. When we got to the president's office at the end of the tour, he. Well, open the door. Well, and then, was, was she back dressed again? Was she was she back in her clothes? Before yeah, because she saw the it was during the winter actually, and we'd okay. been inside buildings, and then she okay. had to go outside. So, so she, she was actually yeah, she wasn't scantily, clothes. scantily clad she wasn't in, scantily front of, in front of the and president. Remember, I work for a, a private small Christian, Christian university. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, even at like a state school, they would probably be like, "Put your clothes back on." Like, at the level that we were, well, just at. like just the professionalism, <laughs> not nothing to right. do with modesty, just professionalism. Exactly. At a state school, anyway. So we went into the president's office and he was like, welcome to, to you know, to the school and welcome to my office. And she was like, oh, your office is so nice. Your carpet looks so soft. And she kicked off her shoes. <laughs> yes. And sat down on the floor and asked the president to join her. Like, sit down with me. Don't you ever just want to sit on your soft carpet? <laughs> what? what? At this point in the game, I was just like living my best life watching this all <laughs> Our poor president did not know. Oh, oh my gosh! So yeah, it was. I mean, obviously this oh. is a very extreme yes. situation, <laughs> but I mean, that's wait. Just, so it, what did he do? He was like, um, no thanks. Like I'm busy. I mean, he's a very polite man. He was yeah. very like gracious okay. with her. And, but um, he I don't. I don't remember him sitting like, down. Yeah, I don't okay. think he sat down. I think he just kind of like went and talked to her aunt or something. He tried to just avoid the situation as a whole. Was the aunt like, no, don't do this? Or the aunt was... Just... The aunt was very overwhelmed at the beginning, you could tell. Like, she was just like, this is not what I would be doing. Oh, my word. Kids, oh, so. my word. Yeah. Did she, did she get into the school? 
<laughs> did you? No. No, <laughs> okay. she didn't. She did not make it in school. But I know this is a very extreme example. Yes. And I know a lot of times, and we've given three different kind of extreme examples, kind of, you know, well, actually, the whole mom's filling out applications is an extreme. That's actually a common thing that happens. Yes. Like, unfortunately. So some of these not so extreme. But the point of these stories is, is I think in homeschool life, we focus so hard on curriculum and academics that we, and, and like, we fight so hard against the whole social, like, are your kids socialized argument? Because it drives us nuts yeah, sure. when people say that because, you know, like, they are. But at the same time, there are certain things that our homeschoolers do miss. Like, they have never been into a principal's office before. Right. Like, in like, and it's weird because you don't sometimes realize some of their idiosyncrasies because they've... You, you're a mom. You're, they're so comfortable with you. You're, they're comfortable yeah. with you. You're comfortable with that. And, like, um, and so I guess the advice is, like, you really, like, I would almost say, like, I'd be okay asking some of my close friends when my kid is 16 or 15, like, hey, just like, to say, hey, you know, is Harrison, is he disrespectful to you when he talks? Like, does he interrupt you? Like, start asking some of those character questions of your friends in preparation for potentially visiting a camp a college campus and also too i would say really prepping your kids i mean so i gave this extreme situation with this girl yeah. and the thing is is the girl was very outgoing very mm-hmm. exuberant very joyful and i'm sure at home she was just provided a lot of joy to our family yeah but in a professional environment she gave off the, a very wrong impression yeah and so for a, if you have a student who is high energy and all and you know can be kind of crazy at times You want to teach them and prepare them, whether they are pursuing higher ed or going to be pursuing anything in any sort of job setting, an interview Mm -hmm. setting, to be able to kind of control that, to still display their their energy for life and their vivaciousness, but do it in a way that is respectful and um, respectful of even the boundaries that are kind of within that environment that they're in. And then on the opposite end, I mean... You know the big critique on on a lot of homeschoolers is that the students the students aren't socialized, like you just said. Yeah. Um. So if you know your student leans more towards being introverted and shy and has especially, I mean that's it's so common whether you go to public school or or, or homeschooled. Um. If you are a shy person, it's very difficult to engage with not only your peers but especially an adult. Mm-hmm. Um. So if you're interviewing for a job or interviewing for a school, that's who's going to be interviewing you. So one thing that we recommend for all students, really, whether you feel like your student is totally adjusted and socially normal, mm-hmm. or you feel like your student leans to the introvert side or the extroverted side in, in a dramatic way, and as, and as a result, slightly socially awkward in professional settings, mm-hmm. then it's good to just prep them by yep. giving them, setting them up with like a person from your church or from your community to do a mock interview. Mm-hmm. Say, mm-hmm. say you'll treat the person to Starbucks and they can sit down with your child for 30 minutes and ask them questions, and they can either prepare their own, or you, there's so many mm-hmm. sample questions of ap- admissions interviews um, on the web. So yeah, printing those off and having them practice is great. Yeah, I think that's good. And I also, I think it's tough because a lot of homeschoolers, we like to fight the institutionalized idea of school. But the problem is, we have fought it K through 12, but now all of a sudden we're expecting our kids to go into this institutionalized right. program. <laughs> right. So it's like at some point you have to go ahead and stop fighting the man as a homeschooler and say, okay, I have I have to acquiesce to this system. And so I think that's what's the hardest thing is um, 
Yeah, if you gave your children the awesome childhood of skipping rocks on the river and science is turning over the leaf, the problem is there is no professional job outside of a uh, like a hunting guide, which does not require a college education <laughs> or you know marine biology or something like that, where like you're in the water doing the things. Most, I mean, all of those things require professionalism and require you to adhere to the culture. Yeah. And so obviously as Christians, we want to be not of the world, but we have to be in the world. And we've given our children the strong foundation of homeschooling. But at some point, if you're going to an institution, you need to prepare them for that. Prepare them for that. I mean, like, why do all this work? And then say... Hey, uh, daughter, I know you like to sit on the carpet on the floor, but like, don't do that in the president's office. Like, yeah. stuff like that. So, um, okay. Which is just life, right? I yeah. Mean, like, like any, you shouldn't whether, go over, whether or not, yeah. yeah, whether or not we're talking about school, I mean, just any, at some point in your life, you're going to have a boss and yeah. you have to adhere to the culture of the, the right. environment you're working in. Like, that's just it. And so teaching your kids that is going to help them as they're applying to school, but it's also going to just help them in life. Yeah. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the culture you're in. You and know? I think that's one thing that's kind of hard as parents, too. I feel like we, I mean, any parent, homeschool or not, any parent wants to think the best of their kids. Yeah. And we do. We're, mm-hmm. Our kids are the greatest thing in the world. But mm-hmm. having a an honest idea of, you know, where your kids might struggle or where they could improve is, is also, like, really useful and really helpful in how you're preparing them for life. Yeah. Um, so, so we're talking about professionalism and all that stuff. Now, another big thing is the extra stuff on, for getting admitted into college. So, so they have the proper transcript, they have the proper name, they didn't, um, you know, do weird things. They shook hands and made eye contact. (laughs) Oh, real quick, before I move on, this is the question. What percentage of your school can you maybe guesstimate off the top of your head are homeschoolers? Like, about? Oh, my school is unique in that we're a very conservative Christian school. So there's a lot of So I would say there's probably more homeschoolers than, like, your average state college. Which which helps my next question. Okay. From those homeschoolers, because a lot of us do fight the stereotype of the introverted homeschooler that's not socialized. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the percentage of those homeschoolers that honestly are the stereotype that, that, that the public deems towards homeschooling? Oh, I would say that they're... I... I would say that when it comes down to it, like this is a socially awkward kid, it doesn't come down to how they were educated. It's just the kid. The kid okay, is just okay. socially awkward. You know but, what I mean? You know, and this is what I say. Okay, good. I'm glad you said this because it yeah. is true. Like when I have friends that are thinking about homeschooling or not, I say it doesn't matter. You can public school them, private school them, or homeschool. At the end of the day, you're their mother. They're going to, their character is going to be determined based on you, not where they go to school. Yeah. And, and if you so, have a weird kid, you have a weird kid. Like embrace that. <laughs> I mean, that's just how it is. It doesn't matter. I couldn't be an entrepreneur. He's not going to get into college. (laughs) What I would say is it's not so much the issue that universities have with homeschoolers. It's not so much their personalities. Okay. As it is whether or not they're able to learn in that type of setting. Okay. So that's really the issue, which goes which is, back to that whole conversation we have in curriculum. Yeah, and it's true, and and it, which goes back to as well, we are fighting the institution all the way, right? But then if you want to, if you yep. if your plan yep. is to send them to 
the institution to college. I mean, they got they they have have to learn. They have to learn how they learn. Okay. Okay. So now we have all that. Okay. Talking about the extras, like volunteering. One question I I feel like we get is, okay, is it better to have a longstanding volunteering thing, like say all four years at the same, versus you volunteered at six different places for like 20 hours each or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Like to be well-rounded versus like like specific. Like, like, is it better to see the longevity and Mm. like the loyalty to a specific volunteer program? Or, yeah, the well-rounded of serving many types of people volunteering. Um, I think it depends a little bit. So I know that's okay. not very helpful. Uh, okay. Um, I think one of the most beautiful things about homeschool education is that it's so adaptable. And you can, like, just adjust it to suit your students' needs, to suit your family lifestyle and decisions you guys have made. Um, and then to accommodate for, for just so much extra experience. And I think more and more in the professional world... So a lot of times as I'm coaching my students, as they're coming through my classes now, on the other side of the fence of admissions, um, we think about the, the end game, right? So you're going to college to earn this degree probably because you want the degree just for fun, but also because you want to use it. You want it to be useful. And so thinking about that like in the, in the long term, how this is all going to play out is important. And more and more people that are hiring, employers, are looking for well-rounded individuals. So mm-hmm. when we were like, getting jobs, you know, mm-hmm. a couple, a decade, a couple decades ago, um, people had a heavy weight on just your academics, mm-hmm. just your bachelor's mattered or just your master's magic mattered. That still is important, but more and more your experience matters too. And as a homeschooled parent, you have the opportunity to focus on both and mm-hmm. to focus on both well, mm-hmm. um, cause you just have more time to do that. So I would say that, um, at my particular institute, um, having a lot of experience in the field that you're interested in is good. Um, and having a lot of experience at a leadership level is okay. what is most valued. So if you're involved in like multiple ministries, mm-hmm. you help out with the children's ministry, you do music ministry, you go on a handful of missions trips like once every year, that's great. But what kind of leadership are you showing? You're uh, okay. at that point, you're, you just kind of look like a participant. Okay. So where are you taking ownership of your interests is what a lot of schools look oh, okay. at. Okay. Okay. Um, and are are you excelling in that area? Okay. So um, we really value internships. Oh, okay. Um, and I know a lot of universities do too, where um, you are committing, being trained and coached in, and you're also being given leadership opportunities. I think internships, as an aside, are really great not only in your application, but they're really great for the student because when you take more ownership mm-hmm. in an internship – you really get to try on what it is you think you might be pursuing down the road. Mm-hmm. So if I have a kid who wants to be a worship pastor and he that's what he wants to do long-term, he does an internship at his church underneath the worship pastor and he gets opportunities to actually lead worship and prepare, you know, just the order of worship for his church services and actually do that. I mean, he's getting actual hands-on experience and he may mm-hmm. at the end of six months realize wow, I like to do this for fun, but this is not what I want to be paid. This is not how yeah. I want to spend my days. Sure. Like, yeah. I feel like I should be doing something else. So mm-hmm. there's benefits. If an internship works out and you realize after it, I don't want to do this, yeah. that's not a negative thing. That's actually a really good thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And it can be make you a better applicant because now you know and mm-hmm. you can speak more specifically to what your long-term goals are. Um, and it also looks good because you're yeah. taking on ownership. So, uh, so it's not necessarily a negative if, like, you did an internship at a vet clinic, but now you're coming in to get a degree in something else, like psychology or whatever, or, you know, or whatever it may be, because it's not like, oh, that doesn't look cohesive. It's like, oh, you've 
ruled out an area of study. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's not, exactly. Okay. And it's all in how you express that. Like, okay. if you said, I want to study counseling, and I did all of these other things that are completely completely unrelated, if you're just saying that, then, I mean, we're not going to connect the dots. We'll be like, well, why did you do that? Just because okay. you like animals? Or? Like, yeah, totally. But if you said, I really thought I was doing this, and then as I was at the vet clinic, I was working with animals and realized my passion wasn't the animals. It was, you know, caring for the hearts of these People. People who okay. they had to put their cat down or whatever. And I began to see, oh, this is what I'm suited for. Mm-hmm. Then that, like, speaks volumes. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. All right. So then, um, okay. So we've talked about the bad and the kind <laughs> of good. Tell me, like, is there anything that stands out to you about homeschoolers' applications that they tend to do well in? Or is it, like, you almost can't even tell? Like, or I don't know. I mean, for, I mean, sometimes just students that do well in general are students that express themselves well. And okay. So I think when you're applying to a university... Um, one thing we always, I always encourage applicants to do is to have people review their essays. Okay. Um, when you're in high school, you have students that are horrible writers mm-hmm. or students that feel like they're good writers. <laughs> and then you have students that are actually good writers. Okay. The students that are actually good writers are probably 10% of students that actually apply to a university. Okay. So everyone else falls into that really stinks at writing or thinks they're good at writing. And the thinks they're good at writings are sometimes the worst. That's true. Applicants. It's kind of like someone who thinks they're funny. Yes. Like, and you're like, dude, just stop. Totally. Okay, or yeah. the person who thinks they're a good singer and they sing all the time and you're like, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> why, right? are they, why are they on why the stage again this singing? week? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like a, a, yeah. someone who thinks they're good at writing is like a student. I find these a lot with female applicants. Okay. This is a broad generalization, but they tend to be flowery. Oh. And they're, you know, as okay. many adverbs as they can put. And oh, there's a lot of guys too are pursuing communication studies that think or want to be a writer. Okay. And they, you know, think mm-hmm. that they're great at it. We always encourage, I always encourage students to have someone, not just their mom, but mm-hmm. have a couple other people who know them well, read their essays and say, this isn't clear what you're expressing, okay. or this doesn't describe you well. Like, I think that what you wrote was very poetic, but it was a haiku and I don't actually know who you are and what okay. you're saying. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. So yeah. having people who know the student well and can say, you need to show more of this too. Okay. Of the ten percent that have good writing skills, have have you noticed any of them say what they did, or were they just naturally good writers? Like, I think probably most of it is naturally good writing, okay. or having lots of opportunities to practice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The applicants that stick out to me the best are those students who um, have an obvious desire to go to the school, mm-hmm. um, who are not applying begrudgingly. Who you can, can you can you tell that in the application on paper? Yeah, I so, think you can, and you okay. can tell in their references. So one thing oh. that people don't don't realize is your references are very honest Oh, for the most part. And okay. so a lot of students will submit a reference not realizing that their pastor is going to say, do not take this kid. <laughs> you have pastors that do oh, that? Oh, all the time. Oh, really? All the time. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Okay. So one thing I encourage students to do is take your pastor, take your friends who are going to be filling out these forms out to coffee. And use that time. Obviously, like, you pay for the coffee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not just to butter them up, but, like, to use that time to, like, as a, as a child to or an applicant to yeah. re-express, like, this is what I want to do. This is why mm-hmm. I'm applying to this school. Thank you so much for filling out this form. But I just want to remind you, like, this is where I feel like the Lord has gifted me. This is where I feel like he's calling me. And this is why I'm doing this, why I'm applying to school. Right. And then give the form to the pastor or the friend. Mm-hmm. And they'll go home, fill it out in 10 minutes. But they'll say, oh, we just talked to Mark about why he wants to go to the school. Okay. And it's just, it just, the, applic- the students that do that have 
three times stronger applicants. It's actually been a test we've done. Have done okay. three times stronger applications. To actually communicate well to their references. Right. Uh, okay, this is tangent, but yeah. <laughs> so this totally reminds me when um when I wanted to get married to Ben. Yeah. Which is that um I you know I was living in Europe. Or, no, yeah, I was living in Europe at the time. Came home to visit the family. And Ben drove five hours to my parents' house, met me there because I'd flown in from there, and we were going to drive one hour in separate cars so my dad and him could talk, and then my mom and I could talk, and it was a one-hour drive to, like, this, like, outlet mall that we were going to go to, right? And, like, the whole time, my mom and I are like, what kind of ring are you going to get? I don't know. Like, da-da-da-da. Like, this whole, like, hyped-up conversation, and we get to the mall, and my dad, like, Ben gets out of the car, looks at me, and shakes his head no at me. I was like... What like and it was like this weird awkward silence in the mall parking lots because my my Ben had asked for my for my hand in marriage and my dad had said no <laughs> and we were like going to an outlet mall where there was like rings there we were fully like maybe oh, gonna shop for it and then we had this awkward like shopping trip at the mall where it's like. <laughs> And my mom was looking at me like, what's going on? And so you obviously didn't prep your dad. Did not prep my dad. <laughs> and do you know what happened to us is I was, we were planning to go to California the next day from Washington state down to California. And so like, that was a, a crazy night. Like I didn't even know what to say to my dad and we were in separate cars. And so even when we drove home, I didn't, I couldn't even talk to my dad. It was so awkward. And then I ended up having to call my dad. I mean like, what gives? And my dad, what turns out my dad was like, Molly, why would he want to marry you? It's like literally <laughs> what he said. He was like, I was like, it had nothing to do with Ben. He was like, Molly, like, you're like all over the world. You're doing this. You literally don't even own a pillow to your name. <laughs> like, and it was like, well, dad, like, you know, like I had to sit there and explain to him why I felt I was ready to get married. And then he was like, well, okay, okay. That's yeah, now fine. I get it. Now yeah. I get it. Little did I know, because my sister got married six weeks after I did. So she was in the same engagement phase that I was when I got engaged with Ben. I can't mm-hmm. remember when she got engaged but it was like it was the same time frame so like my, my twin sister and I got married six weeks apart from each other but anyway apparently I didn't know this and my brother got married year, like when I was a senior in high school so I was like out of the loop because I wasn't you know he was older turns out my dad said no to all three of us getting married like <laughs> all three of us asked to get married and every time my dad had said no and like he didn't even put that connection together until like all of us siblings were talking oh, that is so funny Said that all to say, it was fine once we had to have that conversation with my dad. Right. Of, like, why? But, like, right. it was totally, like, oh, he's totally going to say yes. Like, here's my reference. This is going to be amazing. Right. And, like, and even my mom was on board. So, you could, <laughs> so you know, for college, you know, you could have thinking my mom saying, oh, yeah, ask Pastor Bill to right. fill out this. Lo and behold, having no idea that dad disagrees or that Pastor Bill is, like, not on board. Well, and but, Pastor yeah. Bill just may not know you well enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or Pastor Bill, like, works with many students. And right. so, you know, just reminding him and refreshing him. And and the thing is, is we usually find that when a student meets with their pastor, uh-huh. it doesn't hurt their application. It will only help their application. So those students that take the initiative to meet with their pastors don't generally have anything to hide. Yeah. Um, and so the pastor is just, just reminded of how stellar of a student they are. And so they just write more strongly about that student because they have everything okay. fresh in their mind. Yeah. So. so the references really do matter. Like, you never know when people ask for references. Yeah, and I think, you know, it varies school to school, each school. Yeah. But the, the main elements of any application are going to be the essays that you submit, mm-hmm. 
um, the actual academic information that you provide and then any sort of character references that they request. And I feel like overall, the, the main gist that I'm getting overall is that it really is a well-rounded thing because, yes, some kid's going to be amazing in writing, but if he has a crappy referral, then that could totally, like, it's not like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I have a 4.0 GPA and I did 100 million hours of volunteer time. Like, it's like, or it doesn't matter that I have a 3.0 GPA because I have amazing references. No, like, it all... It all matters. It all matters. And each school ranks it differently. So it's good to know what schools you're applying to and how they rank their applications. So for us... Only 25% of our admissions decision is based on academics. Okay. 75% is based on the students' um, goals, their um, experience already mm-hmm. in, in like the type of work they want to do, and then what other people say about them. So 75% is on experience and, okay. and, yeah. and their character, and 25%. But we also are a very unique school in that we're like a private Christian school. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of schools that are that, that rank things differently. So it's good to know. It's good to know if you're going to a yeah. school that is only going to look at your academics. But or... even though you are a unique school and that you're a private Christian, I think that is one of the main demographics for homeschoolers. So I feel like it's very relevant what you're saying. Yeah, because... if you're going to a Christian school, it's going to be... Like, Any sort of private Christian school is going to have a, some sort of heavy base for heavy things. So yeah. I just I just think your experience specifically for homeschoolers is is poignant because yeah I mean obviously a lot of homeschoolers do go to state colleges and stuff but mm-hmm. I would say there's definitely a weighted uh, amount of kids that do attend a private Christian college because they were homeschooled. Right. Like, that's just the natural. And I will say this too. I will say this too. Any school you go to, the base of the admissions decision is always going to be academics, right? Because yeah. like. If you can't meet the basic admissions requirements, if you yeah. can't, if you don't have a certain GPA, yeah. then you're just not going to be getting yeah. to the school because you're not going to, education isn't for you. Right. So obviously that's important. But what sets you apart, what actually gets you into the school are all of those extra all things. things. Yeah. Your quality of character and like just, and your involvement in your community and your pursuit of, you know, of actual like professional work. Yeah. Through internships and things like that. But you were also saying, too, just on a last note here as we end this, is that you were just saying that, um, you know, going back to, like, academics as well, where it's, you know, it's always never-ending discussion with homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're saying, like, you know, to a degree, it doesn't matter. Yes, if you take if you take math classes at college and you have these college credits, okay, great. But really, it doesn't matter unless, if you know the basics, that's all we really want to know because we're going to reteach you the math anyways. Like, you're going right. to still have to take Math 101, Depending, yeah. Some like, schools will let you test out of it. So, right. So, I mean, if you can test out, great. Right. But, like, yeah. you're. I mean, you're going to have – you still have to meet the requirements. So, it's like – formalized, standardized education. So, so, you still have to meet the requirements. Yeah. Like, it's, it's you know, if you want to spend hours and hours and hours learning about the weird, quaint parts of history that colleges don't care about, okay. But it doesn't matter. Like – Right. They want you to know the basics and they want to teach you the ba- – like, unless you can test out. But right. even then, like, colleges that might – but you were saying, too, like, for certain degrees – they don't want they don't want you to test out. They don't want you because we want to teach you the way that we're going to teach you. Right. So like depending it just on depends. your depending on what you want to learn, what you want to graduate with, really will depend. So it doesn't. It's not as as valuable. You should be spending twenty five percent of your time in education, seventy percent five percent in character building and well roundedness as a person. That's yeah. That right. I mean for us that's how we rank our applications. And yeah. obviously like it says it varies school to school, but. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the thing, I think, too, for homeschooling. A lot of people think that classical education and Charlotte Mason and um, some of these other main programs differ. But the truth is, is that Charlotte Mason and classical education and sunlight curriculums and Rebecca, like all of those programs heavily emphasize virtue training. Mm-hmm. And so I think all of these curriculums and academics um, are all on the same level playing field if you're wanting to get into college because most of these homeschoolers are having this high emphasis on virtue. And, and I feel like there's even a more emphasis um, over the last five years as like, well, honestly, even with Wild and Free, where, um, you know, realistically of what, of what we've seen of Wild and Free is they're not necessarily heavy academically, but they're heavy on uh, kids being prop kids and, and that kids are growing and that there's this emphasis on character. Right. And so I feel like a lot of homeschoolers are on the right track in that aspect instead of um, some of the other areas where um, it used to be all academics, but you could be a total jerk, but it's okay because you have a 4.0. Right. Whatever. And so. I think ultimately, like, what it comes down to as you're thinking, like, long-term higher ed and even just, like, careers post-education, like, you're, you really just want to be working hard to make your – to help your student become the most competent they can be, mm-hmm. the most hardworking they can be, and just be w- well-rounded and loving and generous. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. if they if they can show strong character and show a competency, then they're going to be great, and you don't awesome. need to stress about it. Cool. Well, I hope you guys this has been very helpful for you. Please subscribe to this podcast if you found it helpful. Comment below or comment on our Instagram or Facebook page if you have more questions for Hannah. I have her on speed dial, so (laughs) (laughs) I will ask more. And you may just hear another podcast from her soon. If we can get another one done while I'm still in Chicago. (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) Have a great day, everyone.